Actions are the seeds of fate. Deeds grow into destiny. Harry S. Truman Bending Not Breaking Episode 14 The Fortune Teller episode of Ending Not Breaking, episode 14, The Fortune Teller Through the Lens of Fate. I am Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm Ben Pruitt. And thank you so much for tuning in again. Again, before Ben has a chance to spoil this episode like he did the last one, remember that we really recommend you listening to or going and watching all of at least season one, if not the whole series, and then coming back and enjoying this with us. And honestly, if you're just going and listening to an interesting episode and you're just going into it and you haven't seen it, like, kudos to you. But I'm just like, what, what are you going to get out of it if you haven't seen the episode? I'm just curious. Like, well, what are you doing? Well, I don't know. Well, and, you know, maybe they get a lot out of it. Who am I to judge? You're right. But it probably, my best guess is that this works better in a format if you've actually seen the episode. I would say you can control your own fate here and you can watch the episode so that you know more about it. What a great segue. And without further ado, it is time for Descending Word Recap. Recap, recap, recap. Less recaps. It's descending. It's descending, and we've got seven words this time, and you went last time with your mediocre eight words, and so it's Whoa. my time to bring down the house with seven words for this episode. Seven I'm words. I'm counting. Let's see if I can keep up. All right. <clears throat> Go. Sokka questions fortune teller. Aang saves the village. Yeah. That's it. I, I think that you nailed it. I nailed it. Uh, well, let's, you know, regardless of creativity, it's accurate. Can you do better? Yeah. Can you? Tweet at us at the Arc of E. Um, lot goes down this episode. Gotta tell you, incredibly frustrating episode. I like it. I don't hate it. But it's definitely not the worst episode. Oh my god, do I hate the villagers that are in this place. They are making good points. No, they are not. Anyways. Some of them are not. But how, I will say, uh, laugh out loud moments. And This is probably the first episode where I've literally laughed out loud several times. Um, Make sure you point those moments I, out. I will. Uh, so let's just get started. Sokka, uh, we get the gang. Sokka realizes that he doesn't have a fishing line when he sees this really big fish. Because Aang has woven it into... A necklace for Katara. It is actually a really pretty necklace. It is a really like, nice he's very necklace. Talented. It is. And Aang um, gives the necklace to Katara, and we start to see, uh, based off of the very anime style, like love is in the air, and it's a pink filter, and there's hearts, and Aang has a crush on Katara. And this is the first time we've really seen and that. And we're not the first people to pick up on that. No. No. You don't think. Oh, uh, did Aang had a crush on her? Yeah. Like, ever? Or are you talking, you're referring to someone specifically in the episode? In the episode. Well, Sokka immediately is like, ooh, someone's in love. That's what I'm saying. And then gets smacked by a fish because he's not paying attention to his dinner. Well, I think that's really interesting because I think... It's a real I Sokka a thing here. to do. Well, I think it's, I have a question here, right? So, like, he pokes fun at Katara and Aang, like, someone's in love, and, like, promptly gets smacked in the face. So is karma a fate thing? I think we will see that, yes, right? So there, what is the difference between fate, uh, destiny, um, 
the idea that the world has been kind of written before you situational irony and you there's nothing to change it and so like yeah i i personally believe in karma right like you can only control your actions you might as well try to put as much good into the world as possible and then hopefully good things happen back to you um i also believe that the way that you kind of view those things is going to drastically affect that how it affects you um but I'm just saying, that's different for everyone. This could be called divine retribution for what Sokka just said. Yeah, but is that fate? I'm curious. Because he didn't have to make that comment. He chose to. Yeah, he didn't have to get smacked by the fish. And he got smacked by the fish did. because of it. So, um, it happens. We start to hear someone being attacked by what we find out to be a platypus bear. Before we get that, I think oh. it's worth, before we get there, I think it's important that we say that Aang gets friend zoned. All right, I sure, but can we talk about how the friend zone is stupid? Tell me more. Yeah, so what's wrong with being someone's friend? And why is it, you know, we really only get talked about it like it's heavy on the girls friend zone and guys thing, but shouldn't relationships with anybody be valued based off of what they are? Like, so can we not complain about when people are genuine friends with us and not feel like we deserve more than that? I so I don't think that Aang feels like he deserves more. No, I'm just talk, I'm talking that, about I'm talking about the friend zone in general, like in the way that are not in the, the narrative Aang. around being friend zone. Yes, oh, correct. Totally on board yes. with you. However, I don't think that Aang feels that. I think Aang is just sad. Right. He's not upset that he's he's upset he's, that it's unrequited. Right. He he likes her and he he doesn't feel that back. Yes. That makes him sad. Yes. But it is not what we tend to get in our side of things, which is like, oh, I got friend zoned. Forget that person. Yeah, like that's not okay. Oh, how dare they friend zone me? I've done all these things for them. Yeah, that's no, no, no. I have zero. I don't like that. Aang does not do that. No, but that is the connotation around like when someone like gets friend zoned and it's stupid. Yeah, like I, yeah. that's not a thing. Be excited about the positive relationships in your life, and if they're not positive, then well, don't worry about them. Well, but like, and, you don't deserve. You don't like you by doing good deeds for someone else does not mean that they are in like required you are, no, to, you are like, not entitled yes. to anybody's love or friendship right right it is a gift in any way shape or form that you receive it right so be stoked that you have it anything yes it's like dudley dursley who was like you only gave me 36 presents yeah but last year last year you gave me 37 yeah stupid and he's dumb yes so anyways but yes ang is sad because he likes her and, and she doesn't like her back and that's understandable um, she even calls him like lit, a little guy or something yeah. like that, like and pats him on the head. Yep. Um. So clearly communicating to platonic, the yeah, platonic yes. intentions. Yeah. Platypus bear. Platypus bear. Um. We see this guy dodging it, and he seems it, no way phased by it. Ignores all counsel to run away. Yep. They give him every standard thing that we've heard for crocodile, bear, whatever thing that we've heard. They give like running zigzags, like bow up and be big and like go into the fetal position yeah do all these things and he ignores them all um and then you know finally appa shows up behind the platypus bear <sighs> and scares the the ever-loving crap out of him actually the ever-loving egg yeah the, he literally drops an egg um and and runs away and so then we get this uh, Interesting introduction yes, to fate. To fate and our fortune teller, um, Madam Wu. Who? No, Madam Wu. Oh. Yes. Did they call her Madam? Is that what they call it? I think so. Yeah, right. I can't. All right. So, um, 
you know, she told me I was going to have a safe journey. That's right. And so well, I was like, not worried. And this is this idea of, well, if you believe it, then so it shall be. Right? And it's really interesting to me because, like, Sokka points out that she was wrong. He did not have a safe journey. And he sees it as, but I didn't die. I had a safe journey. But I did have a safe journey. Only because of their intervening actions in it, which is where Sokka's frustration always comes into play, is, which well, is like, if we hadn't have done anything, it wouldn't have been a safe journey. Well, I think it's really, there's two viewpoints here, because is, and I, I wonder if this is a situation, like, is the glass half full or the glass half empty? Because it's clearly a perception thing. It's not a, it is or is not. It's a, it's very much a philosophical discussion on whether he was safe or not because frankly he's right he was he, safe he was safe yeah however he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been if these things but who knows like you know what i mean and so it's like which one's true is it the glass is half empty the glass is half full which like is there a healthier way to live like what is like thoughts so my thoughts are i'm on soccer side 100 throughout this entire episode and it's you have to put things into action for it to be that way, right? So like you still have to take responsibility for these things if you want them to play out that way. So like had that not happened, he would have likely died. Yeah. And so he needs to understand cuz he is doing himself a disservice by not understanding that like by not putting into action the the situation would have been different. He's still safe, which is awesome and she was right. And so fate still panned out the way that he wanted it to and the way that it was pitched to him, but he needs to understand as the traveler that it wouldn't have been that way if someone didn't take action. Or or would it have been? He was dodging that platypus bear and doing just fine. Like, we don't know what would have happened. Sure. So, like, my, that's kind of my point here, is, like, regardless of the actions that were taken, the result is the same. You can believe, and I like. I, we don't I, know what the result would we, have been. We don't know what it would have been. I, I like just, and just for the audience listening, I agree with Sunshine here. <laughs> but at the same time, I also understand the idea and the concept that that he was right, and I can totally see how people would believe that. Like, you can go into this with thoughts and prayers, and put it in somebody else's hands. Right. And be totally okay with it working out in your favor when it does. Well, and so we get this moment where clearly, like, they, they hear about the fortune teller. They hear about Madame Wu. And they're like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I wonder what she's like. I want to meet her. Well, Katara is especially all about interested. it. Yeah. And so this actually makes me kind of upset because they are given an umbrella because it's supposed to rain. You know, Madame Wu said... Give this to whoever I meet along traveling. So we, we get another point from Adam Wu that it does start to rain. Yep. What makes me upset is the fact is that they do not allow Sokka under the umbrella. Until he admits. Until he admits that he was wrong. Which, he was just sick from being in a storm. So was Katara. Correct. But from that moment, like, can you just accept that it doesn't matter what he thinks? Can you please get him under the umbrella? Like, isn't it kind of a mean move to sit there and say, I need you to change your beliefs or else I'm not going to help you? Yeah. Well, and it, it was like, this is an example of like, this is like sibling rivalry. They're blah, 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 blah. Sure. And it's like, but it's unfortunate how it's a slippery slope because I think that that's funny. I was laughing and I was like, tee hee hee like, I get that. I totally would have done that. But at the same time, that's and I'm just like oh, 
Yeah, that was, I did not laugh. That I was upset because I was sitting there and I said, like, regardless, he was just sick. He needed a frog to survive. You did too, so you should be able to be empathetic with why he should be under the umbrella right now. Um, but well, so, let's so, hesitate with it. Right? Like, I, I don't like this accusation of you should. Sure. Right? Like, this is something that is worth noticing, and they did not, right? Because they're, you know, 13 years old. He's 16. She's like 14. Okay, 14 years old. Yeah. They're, let's rephrase. They're teenagers and clearly I can agree with the that. world, right? And so I, I just think that we there's a little grace there. When Asaka does something along the lines of like, well, I can be a fortune teller too. It's going to drizzle. And then the rain immediately stops. Well, and let's think about like what that implies also. Right? I mean, it's interesting because we are continually seeing Sokka get proved wrong along the way. Sure. Do you disagree with that? No, I think that happens. Tell me about your thoughts on that. So is he wrong? Like, so he happened to not be right because he decided to make some remark, but... They happen to be right so many times and that makes them wrong? No. Who's right in this situation? That's my question! <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, let's, all right, like, let's you're keep like going. So you're like, you agree with Sokka. I am on Sokka's side time. almost the entire episode. But the deal is, like, I totally see the perspective of trusting and believing in this fact that this is look at all of the evidence pointing towards this being true sure for 20 years look at all the evidence of this being true that's what they say that's what they say this is happening this is going on for 20 years now look at all the evidence like frankly i wonder if having that faith makes it so that they are able to live a more positive lifestyle absolutely right so like they believe in something that's bigger than themselves which is great right it is not affecting they are not being negative towards anyone because of it right so like in this situation their faith is arguably healthy and well placed and well placed there's evidence happening that yep. is proving them right and they are fine right and so like this is we're seeing this happen um and i think for us anytime you decide you get into a moment of fate or this is the way that it's supposed to be the moment that it starts negatively impacting other individuals is the moment that you're in the wrong well whether or not you're in the wrong, all right, I believe you're in the wrong, but I think the moment that you start allowing other people to be hurt, either physically, emotionally, whatever it might be, you've got to check what this faith is. Well, and so I think there's, and I think what we'll talk about eventually is like the difference between like this concept of fate, which is opposing faith, right? Because you, they're kind of hand in hand, right? If you believe in fate, then you are having this like faith. Faith in this. The difference is, are you having a blind faith or are you, you know, constantly questioning and doing your part in addition to being faithful? I believe in this, but I'm going to take the measures just in case this is not true. Right. Right? And I think that's ultimately where the line is. And I think so. I just, I'm interested to see that as we progress throughout this episode. So we we meet, uh, they go to Madame Wu's place. We meet Mang, who has a crush on Ang. And their names rhyme, and he's got big ears. And we find out later that she was told that she would find the love of her life with someone with big ears. And there's so many people with big ears. So it doesn't have to be Aang. Right. Again, so we get... They meet. Um, she asks if they want food. They give food. Aunt Wu is expecting you. Katara tells Sokka to keep an open mind. Because uh, Sokka's clearly still not buying it. Well, um, I think it's really interesting that like that Meng is so infatuated with Aang 
despite his like he clearly walks in and he's in this grumpy mood like grumpy attitude like he's clearly like like snotty nose kid and Aang just uh, or Mang just looks at him and like all of a sudden the love just like oh, it could be him and so right. the way that she treats him is completely different well, and so what is our self-confirming bias that plays into this that's that's exactly right, right. so like what you know when we hear that something is supposed to be this way do we actively look for signs that confirm that and ignore signs that would prove that it, why it might be different and i think we see that happen Oh, all the time. Throughout this episode. Oh, absolutely. Right? And so it's really interesting to me because it is way more likely for Mang to find someone with big ears that she loves if she is continuously looking for it. And we do that We do that all the time, right? Absolutely. So, you know, for me, I like UNC basketball. No. I don't like Duke basketball. Yes. So it is really easy for me to pinpoint moments why I sh could, like, that confirm why I should not like Duke basketball. Let's go heels. Uh, Grayson Allen trips people all the time. Like, all these things that, like... Have you seen that flop on YouTube? Anyways, uh, it gets me upset on the inside. So, you, any, but, like, it is, it is an example of... I have a tough time... If, if, uh, if Grayson Allen were to do something that was good and productive, I would have a tough time seeing, seeing it. it. Yeah. But when he does something that is easy to, to pick up that confirms that I don't think that he's great... You know, then I'm easy to point that out, and I'm easy to see it. So we've got this bias that is there, um, and we actively look for things that confirm that in us, and reasons, and then disregard reasons that yeah. might might challenge that. It's been a recurring and we, theme in our and conversations. We do that all the time. Sure do. We do it for everything. Every everything, to, to the brands that you choose to eat at the grocery store to the way that you interact with your friends. So if you think that your friend doesn't like you, you easily pick up like, this person doesn't like me. The so I, I, telling I yourself, pick up right? everything that they do that would tell me and confirm that. And That's I right. don't look at the things that happen that don't do that. Yep. Um, so, so many things like that take place over time. Anyway, Katara goes to get her reading. She gets her reading. She gets told all these things about she's going to fall in love with the magical bender. Powerful Aang, bender. Aang has spied. Yes. He spies on her because of He's this. He's definitely snooping. Um, and then he gets really excited well, when I he realizes that's the case. Well, I think it's really interesting because if Aang thought of himself as not a powerful bender, would he have celebrated here? No, but he clearly knows that he is and that that is his destiny, so he feels pretty good about it. Right? But I like it's interesting to me because this, the, the story that Aang's telling himself is that he is a powerful powerful bender. Well, and so let's look at like so let's look at Aunt Wu at this moment too. Yeah. She is giving very vague thing like a powerful bender is incredibly subjective. Sure. And so if you look at people who participate in this let's activity, be, let's also think about how like spoiler alert. This is true. Oh yeah, no, he is if uh, by every objective measure that there probably is. No, like and that she falls in love with him. Oh yes. Ang is a powerful bender, she falls in love with him. Yes. Um so she's still right. Like, yes, but and I would say right to a degree that it's not like the vagueness does not like this. The vagueness doesn't matter here because like he is the most powerful vendor, right? But that's not what she said. And so I like what I'm saying is you see this tactic used by people who try to manipulate people all the time, right? So they speak in very vague or generalizations. They do soft readings on people. So you hear her talk later about uh, Sokka, and I could see it on your face. 
You know why she could see it on his face? Also true. Because he got smacked by a fish earlier. So he's probably got a bruise on his face. <laughs> so she literally could see it on his face. So, but we're talking about how, like, so like, I think of medians and, like, the Long Island medium and stuff like that. And the taxes that they use in these are, you know, oh, I'm, I'm getting someone with a D. Does anyone have anyone with a with a D? And then of course, like of course, everyone knows someone who's got a D somewhere in their name, right? Um, and so, being able to think about those things, you, people start to then dwindle down. But you see that in this, like, oh, it's fake. Like you'll have a safe journey, or uh, it's going to be a good year for twins. By well, saying it's going to be, there, what, by what measure could you objectively? confirm or deny that she was right on that because if you think it's going to be a good year for yourself you're going to find a confirming bias along well, and I think the entire you could, way but I also think you could argue definitively regardless of your repoint that homeboy earlier had a safe journey by what measurable standards? Well, and so like, it, like is getting attacked by a bear mean? Is that a safe journey? Yes, or is, it, is 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 the if because if your outcome is I survived, then it's going to be. Re likely relatively easy to say that that was true sure if your measurement well, is whether or not i get attacked by an animal then he well, didn't have a safe journey well i think what we're we're missing here is that they, we are assuming that katara is going to fall in love at all right we are assuming that that love is also going to love her the implication here is that they are going to fall in love and not only that but implies much later details about her love life later on yeah about her like having children and eventually having grandchildren and like all of those things are those are detailed yeah but those don't happen specifically like the the number of grandchildren that she says may or may not be correct is i don't think is correct based uh, off of the legend of cora maybe well i'm just saying so you know i'm just saying that she wasn't right on that maybe anyways so uh we get to this point where uh Wu tells Sokka that he will have lots of self-inflicting suffering. Aang gets this bone cracking moment and we see these bones really crack and then Wu tells him about his destiny and he's well, like, "Yeah, I, I know." But again, tell me <laughs> she's wrong here. She's not. He just knows about it. So I'm not saying that she that she is not a fortune teller, right? Like she like like the the question like does she have a gift? Sure, yes. I will concede that she has a gift. I will also say that the villagers are ridiculous in the way that they interpret her gift. Sure, maybe it's too much faith in and her. not yes. But she's right. Um and she's been right, right? So like we we get anyways, but I just wanted to hear you say it. Yeah, I don't I have I do not have an issue with Wu in this moment. I do have an issue with the way that the villagers interpret her. interpret her throughout right. the course of the episode. I'm done arguing now. Okay. So, he asks about love. She gives some vague, like, trust your heart, you'll find love. And we, we find out later that she just told him that because she wanted to get, like, she didn't actually see anything for his love. The village is waiting for a cloud reading. I mean, let's be real. Sokka hurts himself here. Self-inflicted. Yeah, he kicks, uh, he kicks a stone, it uh, hits a sign, and comes back and pops him in the face. Yep. So, again, she's not wrong. Uh, the village is waiting for cloud readings to find out about what uh, what's going to happen that year, uh, whether or not the volcano is going to erupt. Uh, Meng flirts with Aang. Aang immediately blows her off, but then uses the same exact flirt to try to flirt with Katara. And I think that's really like poignant to think about, like how many times, like 
throughout thinking about working with children like they have they're like oh that's a good idea I could use that and they have zero idea that that's exactly what this person was trying to do like mm-hmm. it goes right over their head there's like you know what I mean like he clearly used that to try and woo Katara and had no idea that Mang was trying to woo him. him yep completely like whoa it's just a little moment but and I think he was blind to that because of, of the, his fortune his, and his bias of what he, like he's ignoring the other things that are going on around him because he's so intently focused on making this prediction come true yes yep so but again I think that's interesting like the idea of I'm going to make this prediction come true mm-hmm right interesting interesting quote so Wu makes cloud predictions um, announces that the village will not be destroyed by the volcano which is true which we get this to the fact that that is true <laughs> I've already given my recap that Aang saves the village um, but we, it does play into without action what would have happened yep um, so and then I love this moment I hate it for him but I love this moment of Aang admits his feelings to Sokka? To Katara. Oh, yes. And she doesn't hear it and nope. walks away. Yep, and she because she is so focused on Madam. Yeah, on her prediction. She goes to go ask more questions um, to Wu about uh, the love life that she's looking at. So Aang turns... Uh, well, before this, Sokka gets this moment with red someone shoes. with the red shoe moment. And, uh, oh, I'm going to meet the love of my life when I'm wearing red shoes. Yeah, so how often do you wear your red shoes? Well, every day. Well, then of course it's going to happen. I disagree. He may not fall in love. Right, but I'm saying for Sokka's view, that I was quoting Sokka. Yes. Yes. So like he's saying, like, then of course it's going to happen. So yes, the likelihood is that the options at this point are he's going to wear his red shoes every day. So it's he, if, he, if he falls in love, it'll be when wearing these red shoes. So again... We just get more of the... It's the self-confirmation bias. You're looking for every way to confirm the prediction that you are hoping comes true. Yeah. And I think what that does is it provides him with hope. Sure. And I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because no. here's the deal. Because yeah. he took that information and he is taking action to he, make it come true. Yes. Right? Right. Versus him using that information and living his same life with whatever shoes he had, maybe he never would have worn red shoes. And then because of that, well, I'm not wearing red shoes today. Well, I guess I'll never find love. I'm done. Instead, he's actively saying, okay, if this is true, then I'm going to make it happen. Well, but that also goes with the falling in love part of that. Like, you have to choose love. Like, you don't fall in love. You have to, like, choose love you have to do those things to fall like to be able to experience love with another person so the red shoes alone can't do that you're telling me so he still has to actively make changes in his life or actively do things differently to potentially find love shameless plug so i'm running another podcast first episode is on love and we talk a lot about this concept of how we have to make it true if love is an action is like a big premise of the first episode of the podcast called the vestors project i'm your host um, it's so, already airing on the Archive. That's right. So if you're interested in more conversation around that specifically, uh, you can check that out. But again, so like the shoes alone aren't enough. He's got to take action by himself. So we see an example of you can't, fate alone does nothing. You've got to be able to take action to make things happen. Unless you 
like if you believe that faith will do nothing and you let you let yourself be passive it may still work but it's just if i think that we don't always have control correct in this case he had control over where he could wear those red shoes or not mm-hmm. it, it uh normal people do not have control over what the, the clouds look like right normal yeah well, and we get that in just a second, right? So, but Aang asks Sokka, tells Sokka about, uh, hey, I, you know, you're pretty good with girls. Can I get relationship advice? Sokka <laughs> tells him to, like, yeah, just uh, be aloof. And then, again, like, Mang walks up. He was doing so well. He was like, oh, I totally get what you're saying. I'm being empathetic to this situation. He was, like, really vibing with Aang until he gave advice. Yeah, terrible advice. You gotta be you gotta be aloof. And then immediately, Mang walks up, and Aang goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Sokka's like, wow. He's really good at he's this. He's like, man. Then he, like, really tries to be aloof with Katara. But Katara, again, is still really focused on what she's got to do. But she is, she is over-putting her faith. Like, she's putting her faith into these predictions way more than she needs to be at this point um what t- you know should i eat a papaya like all well, like how much so that, many like, details well, let's, be of, real. Like, let's be frank that's not a prediction that's just a what's going to create me a better life right well she didn't ask that question like she said what should i eat tomorrow for breakfast yeah how is that helpful like you know what i mean like what should i eat tomorrow like like like, I, like, like this like it's the butterfly effect it's gonna drastically yeah, like, what is that gonna your, do right your life um oh i don't like papaya then don't eat papaya <laughs> right and so, so it's just interesting more frustrating things from this episode for me and then Aang tries to woo Katara by being aloof uh, yeah so and then uh, at this point after that doesn't work he sees a panda lily and what I love about that is Aang realizes that that advice was not working for him and so he changes it he changes it yeah I love that because so many other people would be like this is supposed to be working for me. To I'm going to double like, down. How, well, <laughs> I'm going to well, double that, down. That's, that's my point, though, here, is Sokka gave Aang, a, a, like, this is your advice. This is my prediction for you, mm-hmm. in a way, right? This is me saying that if you do this, if you do this, then this will happen, Yeah, which requires faith, right? And it's, it's like, and so what's happening here is he has to try this do it and then he realizes that that is not him being authentic and being who he is and so he changes it and i think that's really interesting of order like i have to take this into my own hands and change what i hear and you don't always have to do what you hear Mm -hmm. right well and so correct so ang shifts his strategy sees someone giving a panda lily says oh that's gonna work for me where can i find one they send him up to the volcano he realizes that the volcano uh, is going to blow. That um, it's going to blow. Which, to be fair to Wu, she didn't say the volcano wasn't going to erupt. She said the village. Would she not said be the village would not be destroyed. So Aang notices this. They go back down to the village um, because the volcano is showing signs of eruption, and Sokka tries to convince the villagers. And I love that. I love that this is used as an insult to Sokka. Yeah. Um, we know you're a science and reason lover. Yeah. yeah. Can, <laughs> like, well, like, no, he's it, just like, it was better than that. It's we know you're a science and reason. Can your science explain why? Well, so later, yeah, that's why he's like, can your fate fate explains why you know this is happening? Can your science explain why the clouds look that way? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I can. <laughs> 
and that's like every time I see that that that's the part that always makes me laugh. It, it is the really, it is the moment because yeah. it's just like, can your science explain it? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, it can. But I think it's really interesting because like that's an argument that happens, <laughs> and it's it's an argument that's a legitimate argument that happens. Yeah, it's a it's knowing because, laughter. It's because he is so in this ignorance that he is, and he is so bought in to where he is that he is saying absolutely not. I'm not willing to tr believe or learn or hear anything about your science because this works for me. Yes. Right? When in reality, it's we, not necessarily it may not work best for him. Well, and it is it not may the be working for him. It, well, and here's the thing he doesn't know that it's not working for him in this moment. Bingo. Yeah. Right? And that's tough. <laughs> How do we get out of that? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Um, we have to, again, I think it requ requires that we are constantly evaluating. We are constantly thinking. We are constantly... Check, keeping yourself in we check. We are constantly curious. Yeah. Right? Tell me more about that. Can't, wait, can your science explain that? Wait, yes? Wait, how? Wait, really? Talk to me about Tell that. Tell me more. Yeah. Instead, this is not how, this is not how that conversation goes. Right. But moral of the story is, I think it's really interesting because in this moment, Sokka is saying, hey, y'all, this is about to happen. And he's like, well... <laughs> You've said that before, and look at all these things that are happening. Like, it's almost like a boy who cried wolf moment, where Sokka has continually tried to prove them wrong, and has and it has not worked. Well, it does show that, like, if if the belief in intentions, right? Yep. You've been trying to prove me wrong this entire time. I'm just not gonna believe you anymore. You're like, you've lost credibility because you've tried so many times to prove me wrong, and you haven't. That's right. So you've lost credibility. Um. And so we get this moment where the villagers don't believe them. Aang decides that they need to steal the cloud reading book because they've got to take action. Question. Is it still fate if you have to take the, like, exert your will into the change? Well, so that I, my answer is that I personally don't want to believe that my story's been written for me. Right? Um, I personally don't want to believe that everything has already been decided and that... I don't have, like, the ability to shift the outcome. Um, and so, for me, I want him to, like, I don't think, like, I think that it, if, if, if it's fate, the fate takes into account their actions along the way. Or it's they're able to shift their actions and shift the, 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 the tides in their favor going forward so for me i legitimately believe that there is a power that is greater than myself yes right uh i like I, there is a power that is greater than me whether you want to what you, whether you want to call that god or love or whatever you want to call that yeah right whatever your belief system is i believe that there is a, a power that is greater than i am and so i also must believe then that I do not have full control over my, quote, fate, right? I can have sway and pull and change direction, but I do not have full autonomy. Sure. That's my belief. And so I think about this, that it's like, and I think about this in most situations, when you are, There's no situation in which the rule is one like I'm I'm a big believer in there is an exception to every almost every rule. Right? I I'm, until I hear otherwise. Like right. I I believe that there are exceptions. And so like honesty 
is a really important thing and a value that I have, and I want to be honest in almost every situation, but there is an exception to that. There are some times where I believe that a lie is a better for the situation. And so for me, I believe that I have control and I believe that I can change my fate and my direction, but it's also one of those things where I also think that there are, out, there are things outside of my control that may influence who I become and what I do and where my life goes. Yeah, and so I think that that is, I wonder if those are different things. It's a big philosophical discussion, right? And right? it really is, because there's a difference between not being able to control some things and being okay with that, or not knowing how I got here and being okay with that, um, versus my life has been charted already and it is a conceived version of free will. Like, it, it is not like, what I would think are my own decisions really aren't. Or is it there's a bigger thing out there. It's not dictating my future. It is dictated the the elements around me. Yep. And so it, you know, who knows really, right? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Let us know. Yeah. Tweeted us at the Archive if you want. To, if you can think you can get that into the very I few. Really char- can't wait to read very that. Very few <laughs> characters, or uh, send us an email at the Archive at gmail dot com. Um, but to get back, so Aang steals the cloud reading book, but gets confronted by Mang along the way. Um, and Mang just confronts him about, hey, you know, you don't like me the same way that I like you. Well, I think it's really interesting the way they go about this. And, like, bef- he's very matter-of-fact about it. I'll talk about that first. So, like, it's really interesting because she confronts him and has, like, that's a really good conversation. Yeah. It's, For, like, how old they are. Oh, like, she's very upfront about it. She's, like, and sad but okay with it. Yeah, hey, like, you don't like me the same way I like you, right? And he, it, it, he's like, uh, I you, guess... I didn't. I guess not. I like you. <laughs> yeah, but I like, didn't realize. No, not like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, what a mature conversation that that is not how it would go with many adults I know. Yeah, for correct. Um, and she's fine with it, and she's like, "But you like her, and so I see that." And she's really pretty, and I get like, it. And admires her, and sees all the good things about her. Like, what a cool moment! And then she admits to stalking him. But <laughs> so, but like, kind of. <laughs> uh, here's the book you're looking for. How did you know I was looking for it? I've been stalking you. I think it was, I've kind of been stalking you. Yeah, uh, sounds like she's really been stalking him. But, yeah, no, adult conversation, very well handled. But she well doesn't handled. stalk him after this. No, and I think it is one of those things where, you know, she likes she's him. She's a child. She's just saying, hey, you don't like me the same way, do you? No. And then she stops. And she's like, okay, here's the book. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. Um, and so, like, at what point, like, and I wonder if she's using stalking, like, think about, like, stalking in terms of, like, I don't think, like, I don't, I don't know if she said stalk. I don't know if she said... She did, okay. but I don't think she's... Act, like, yes, she is following him and, like, watching him and doing these things, but it's also one of those things where, like, in this moment, like, I don't think that this is harmful. I think this is... She's taking action well, yeah. to see if... And I think that sometimes we have to do that in relationships. I do not condone stalking. However, no. sometimes I think we have to take action in order to make things happen. Well, one of the things I appreciate with her, and I wonder if this is how... This is my perception on how she feels about yep. it. When Aang says, no, I don't like you that way, it doesn't seem like that is a hit to her self-worth. Yes. Right? So, like, it's she takes that for face value. She takes that as, that doesn't mean I'm not worthy of love. That doesn't mean that I'm not enough. It just means that Aang doesn't like me that way. Yep. And she seems very, like, I'll find okay. somebody else with Exactly. Figures. That's what it, like, that's how it comes off. And I also wonder if that's where the hope comes into it, right? Right. If Aang's not the person who I find love with, I still know I'm going to find love. 
And so I'll find that with another person. But uh, she, she, yeah, she, the way she approaches that situation is really it's, awesome. Well, there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any shame there across the board, and I think that is why they're they're able to have that conversation. Yeah. But before we got there, so I think that they're the way they went about trying to change the village's mind here is really interesting. Right. So like we have to utilize the information that we know that they trust exactly, um, and and still have it prove it. Well, and that so rather than trying to change the villagers' mind, they have to change Aunt Wu's mind. Right. Right. And so think about when and as as a persuasion tactic, as a way to have discourse with people with whom you disagree thinking about how can you influence the people that are influential to them, right? Rather than having to influence the nation, how do you influence the one person who controls said group of people? Rather, and that, that was a weird... The village. The village, yeah. the group, the whatever it is. How can you influence the one person who does have sway? Right. Right? It's like trying to move a pebble versus trying to move a mountain. Yeah. Right? And so they sit there and they say, let's, let's change the clouds... Clouds are water and air based. Let's make How convenient. It, let's make it this skull so that Aunt Wu sees that uh, this thing is coming. Um, yeah, the symbol for volcanic doom. Yeah, very specific symbol. Yeah, very much. Well, if you're living on a nation that's under a volcano, I think that's probably one that you'll need to have in your glossary of potential cloud forms. Um, and so, the villagers then have to build this trench because they. She comes out and says. <gasps> Volcanic doom, and the village just goes, "Oh no!" And, so and then they all take action. And they all take, and that's the other. So like, they take action, um, and that is why their village was not saved. And she was right the first time around. Was saved. was because was saved. Was was not damaged. Yeah. Um, and that's why Aunt Wu was right the first time around. Madam yep. Wu was right the first time around because um, they took action and they that's did right. things. And then Ang, in order to save the village, like does this really nifty wall of flame like, super powerful like yeah and then Sokka makes that quote of wow I can't I forget sometimes but he is a powerful bender yeah and Katara's like oh and I think that this is the moment where she starts to think of Aang differently when it it goes back to that confirmation bias of well, and I don't a little I, bit so like I wonder if she would have thought of Aang in this way and how long it would have taken her to get to the point where she and she now, might still have right she so may like, still have yeah, and so but she may never have right right and I think it's really interesting that like this could have been the one moment mentioned the thing because of the way he phrased it that this is the moment she starts to see Aang differently as not just a platonic friend mm-hmm. yeah well the villagers are saved yep well, well uh, <laughs> and then we get this moment where. Sokka tries to say, "Can we all agree now that like we shouldn't just do this?" And the guy says, "Well, Madam Wu was right." Sokka just comes up and goes, "I hate you," <laughs> uh, which is fair. I think I would have had a similar reaction. Yeah, well, and it's like Madam Madam Wu says that that was a really clever thing to do. When this is, I appreciate the quote she says here. Just as you reshape the clouds, you have the power to reshape your own destiny. That's right. I wrote and that I, down, and I, I like that I think well, it, it, here's confirmation bias from the person who is giving the fortunes out oh yeah but this is a perfect example of my own personal confirmation bias I re- recognize that quote and say oh see my point is made because yep. that deeply matches yes. my own personal belief yep. um, and so the episode fulfills my own confirmation bias but I ignored half the things that 
didn't, right? Yes. So, like, I think that is a, a great example of well, how we look for things to confirm our own beliefs going into something. Yes. Well, and I, there's two things I want to talk about. One is I think it's interesting that what is destroying the village here is fire. Lava. Yeah. Lava. Yeah. Right? It's a, a well, form, also earth. A form of fire, right? It's also a form it's, of earth. It's also a form of earth. But I, I think it's interesting because throughout this series, we see fire as the enemy. Yes, and that so, is the picture they're painting. And I think that this is, again, a message, subtle though it is, it is a message that is sending, again, that fire is a destructive force. Mm-hmm. Right? But we saw it earlier in the series, too. That into, I, I wonder if this plays into your confirmation bias. We've also seen flooding as a potential way to destroy a village. That's true. And so, are they really just going through different elements or were they trying to paint the picture that fire was is the negative thing or is it like anything else where anything can be a negative tool depending on how it's used sure um because if you look at it that way the waterbenders could be negative if they decided to act in that way you know firebenders yeah. could be the so but yeah it's an interesting point we definitely there's definitely more um imagery that points to the picture that confirms what you're saying i agree yeah <laughs> I just wanted to make the point that I think you're right, and I didn't see that more because that's what you're looking for. But like, yes, water was used, and I think it's really interesting. We could probably go through this whole series again and look at it just through the elements lens, right? right? And just think about what does water do, what does earth do, and like just thinking about like all of the different elements. And there's there's a lot that's probably there. Maybe Um, next season. Yeah, but another thing to think about also is, and I think the message that if I were to like write a sermon on this episode and think about like what is the one message i would talk about the difference between like passive belief and active belief in faith yeah in fate rather and so regardless of whether you believe in the concept of fate and destiny i think that we are called and um i would say we would be remiss if we decide to just follow that blindly and be passive believers I, I so I, if there's anything that takes away, I agree. I think it, the you have to act. You can't wait back and, and wait for for fate to happen. Correct. You have to act. Um, whether that is when you see something wrong. Yeah. Whether that is being an upstander. Yeah. Whether that is um, actively doing things to find love. Right. Yes. So like you want to find love, you can't just sit back and wait for it. Sometimes, and that doesn't mean go. go stalk ang for a few hours to get on the book it again not plugging yeah not that's not what it means but it does mean like do you have to sit there and say am i gonna go do something about this do i have to do I, you know i'm gonna make the change myself. how do i put myself in a situation that is different the way that i'm in now yeah that will attract said love yeah and so i think it's really interesting because what this calls into sharp relief for me is and i mentioned this briefly earlier is the concept of thoughts and prayers Right, and so it's been really big on Twitter and a lot of things recently, just around the concept of thoughts and prayers. Anytime there's been a mass shooting, especially around gun violence, yeah. right? And so people are sending, "Oh, we're sending our thoughts and prayers." And what we're, what a lot of people are saying in response to that is, "That's not helping. You need to do something." Yeah. Right. And so whether whether you believe in the Second Amendment or not, or whether we like, I think that we are being called to action whether you see it or not and i wonder if we need to re-examine what that would look like here and it, it doesn't mean that thoughts and prayers aren't helpful correct it well, doesn't mean that that's not a thing yes. like it, it just means that 
You have to do something. You well, have to do something. Well, and I think that what it is, like we have to. I, I think we are living in a world where we are uh, really living into our privilege. And one of the things that is privileged is that's your problem. And so I'm going to send my thoughts and prayers because I don't want to deal with it. But what's happening is anytime we have thoughts and prayers about something that we would want to change, if it's if we expect it to change and we hope it's going to change and we want it to change, then we have to do something about it. Yep. Otherwise, it's not going to change. It's going to main this like the status quo will continue unless something changes. And I love the quote, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? Mm-hmm. Right? And so one of the things I love is, and I think when believing in fate and having faith is really helpful, is when you have done everything in your power that you know to do, and then you can rely on your faith and fate. Yeah. But until you have done everything in your power to make that change, I think that you are living in your privilege and you're relying on it too much and you're taking the situation for granted. Fair. That is my assertion. So I had a boss that used to tell me, if not you then who and if not now then when and my response was it's still me and he go then if not now then when i said tomorrow <laughs> like that was normally my response. like later just not now was normally my response back um fun fact still my boss like haven't been fired yet so great um but uh we will be right back is there anything else that we want to cover in this episode before we go away for those, break? those are the things i wanted to talk we about we hit a lot it's been a long episode not super long but long-ish Nice. Um, but we will be right back and we will talk through fate and we'll be doing that through the lens of the element of earth in just a moment boom talk about the the lens of fate through the element of earth and the way that i kind of thought about it too was earth is always like it can be this immovable force but the way that the other elements impact it can make it change and and um, make it into something different and new um and so for me it was almost like a be the earth but allow yourself to be changed by the things around you to really truly be able to live into your destiny so whether that's people um, whether that's learnings, um, whatever that might be that is shaping you, like allow yourself to be shaped um, in a healthy way that allows you to truly live into your fate and to your destiny. You know what that reminds me of? Reminds me of like marble sculptures around how like you need to be shaped. Like the Michelangelo, Michelangelo said that like this, the shape has always been there. It's just me who helped you see it, right. or something along those mm-hmm. lines. And like, and that's not an exact quote, but um, I'm paraphrasing. And that's just that's what it reminded me of. Like, we we can see the potential in every child, but and we have to allow ourselves to be shaped into yeah. that. That's really interesting. So one of the things I thought about is "Oh, the places you'll go" by Dr. Seuss. Moving mountains, kid, you'll move mountains. Mm-hmm. And that's a statement, and I think that it's a very powerful statement. To like, it's a statement of hope. It's a statement of like believing in that person and seeing the the statue within essentially like kid you'll move mountains but you will do good things you will do great things and 
and I, I think that if we perceive that of like, oh, you will move this mountain, like, no, no, you won't. You won't move this, this whole mountain by itself. You might move it pebble by pebble. And what I think I need to do is think about how can I think about these big things that I have been thinking about that are like impossible, that are hard, that are really difficult challenges that I have in my future that I've been putting off or that I really have wanted that I have set aside because they are they are difficult because they look like I have to move a mountain in order to get there. What are the small steps I can take uh, in the structures and the uh, stability, the things that I can put in place that will help me move pebbles so that I can move that mountain eventually, piece by piece? It's funny that you bring that up because we didn't talk about this in the episode earlier on, but I think that it is important to bring up this concept of fate and um, what Wu was doing for other people is something that we utilize a lot when when dealing with kids because it it works is you're a leader yeah or you have the ability to be a leader or you have the ability to be caring or you have the ability to be you know get stronger in your math skills um the hope and the concept that something is possible and that it's out there nurturing the potential of every child it really does create for an environment where people are more likely to be successful in that yes um so if you tell someone that you're a leader they are more likely to fill the shoes of that of being a leader because they are crafting their own identity and it's almost kind of like the confirmation bias of if someone believes that they have they're going to be a leader when they grow up well if i'm a leader then i should act like one they're going to start creating things and looking for things that are going to start crafting that in themselves if they have the ability to see that identity and so we see that when people have the argument like why is it important for people to see themselves on tv or why is it important for them to see themselves look like people who look like them why is it important to see a principal who looks like me or uh someone else out there that looks like like and it's because you're able to craft that identity um and it's because if you're able to do that you are more likely to live into that um and so probably you know honestly props to woo on some of that things because if she's telling people like you're going to be a leader one day they're likely going to start behaving in a way that is more productive that way well and maybe she is frankly doing what exactly what she said she is reshaping the clouds as she wants things to see so that she is giving maybe she's intentionally building hope for this group of people yeah she is reshaping the clouds of the lives of the people in that village yeah dang you see Wu differently now, don't you? I do. I, well, I didn't dislike her. I disliked the villagers, and some of them I still... I still like... Can your science prove that? Yes! Yes, it can! But, yeah, um, but yeah that's... Uh, again, it, really, this episode is... Um, it doesn't play a huge role in the overall story arc of what goes down. It sure doesn't. But it's there. Yep. It happens. Um, but that was it. What do you think about this episode? What are your thoughts on fate? Um, let us know at the at gmail.com. Send us a paragraph of writing. Send us a voice. Four characters send on Twitter. A tweet. It's way more than that, man. Welcome back to Twitter. Is it not now? It's not. It's more than 140 you now. You get more now? Yep. Dang, I'm so behind. Yeah, welcome back. Um, but, I just got back on, y'all. Uh, but, you know, it's give us a voice memo. Send us an email. Um, do whatever you want. If we get some really cool voice memos that we like, we'll put them on future episodes. Um, what does Avatar mean to you? What does this episode mean to you? You know the drill at this point. Yep. Um, next week, we are looking at the 15th episode through a lens 
of what? Inclusion. Inclusion. What's the name of the episode? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, not off the top of my head. The fifteenth episode will be about inclusion. Um, and so please join us again for that. I am Sunshine Mayfield. This has been Pruitt. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. Okay, I appreciate you.